Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, this is the EFL Freezer Crowd Podcast, where we take a light-hearted look at all things football league. You scumbaggy maggot, Matt Smith, Shirley Parrott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm James, lifelong Cov fan, and I'm joined each week by self-proclaimed Statman Luke and resident Millwall fan Andy. Gary Monk sacked after a, a nil-nil draw with Millwall as well. Although most <laughs> clubs in the football league would die for a result like that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be covering important news, a run through the games, and our all-important goal of the week. Yes. <laughs> Three-nil to the own goal. <laughs> so find us with a new episode each Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no substitute. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. You're listening to the number one Millwall podcast. We are speaking today with Mr. Ryan Loftus. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Good morning, Nick. Nice and early on a on a Sunday. Best time to do these things, I think, while it's fresh in the mind. I hope um, all the listeners had a as good a Christmas as possible and, and a good New Year. And uh, you know, back back to the way of things. I think in twenty twenty one, if we thought it was all going to change, then uh, yeah, we were, we were a bit naive. I think if anyone did, if if you're a Millwall fan by now, you were. Uh, you know what to expect, I think. And uh, yesterday was a, one of the, a short reminder of that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, a two-one loss yesterday, um, listeners, which you'll all be aware of, to Coventry City at the Den. Um, <laughs> we have an utterly appalling home record this season, Ron. We'll probably come back to that later, but we've just had one win at home all season. Even Wickham Wanderers are, are one are winning the winningest team out of us and Wickham. They've got two wins. We've just got one win at home all season, which is, for a Millwall side, is, is an indictment, in my opinion, but we will come back to that. Um, yesterday's performance concerns us. Um, that was as poor as Middlesbrough, pre-COVID break, Christmas, whatever you want to call this this period of time recently. Um, a, an absolutely shocking first half there, Ryan. Um, we should have been three or four behind by half time, and justifiably so again. A lot of controversy in the team selection. Let's start off with another Ryan, Ryan Woods, recalled to the to the eleven um, alongside Sean Williams for a pacey attacking midfield. <laughs> did, yeah, did, how did you see that selection, Ryan? Um, I think I said it before last time we spoke about the um, the impact Ryan Leonard had had on the on the team. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a big fan of Leonard's. I think. Uh, he, he got off to a tricky start um, at Millwall, but especially since Rowett came in and really even, I think, towards the end of Harris's reign, he was 
looking like one of our best players. He's not the most technical player or the most, um, I don't know, he's not a similar player to Woods, but he gives you a lot of running, a lot of energy in midfield. He's he's good defensively and and has that forward thrust as well, popped up with a couple of goals and assists. But, um, I mean, you look at the, I'm not blaming our entire bad form on it, but if you look at a lot of the games where we were really poor, especially struggling to break teams down, it's that midfield duo of, of Woods and Williams. And yeah. they're, they're too similar for me. Um, they both like to sit and kind of dictate the play. Um, they almost end up in a battle between themselves about who drops furthest to get the ball first at times. <laughs> and with our attack as it is, not really knowing what to do, when you've got the, your, mid, your entire midfield sitting that deep, they don't really have any support. And I think Woods was was poor yesterday. I think he really improved as soon as he got some better players ahead of him. And I think it's a, a, a mark of the sort of team he needs around him. I think the, the, he needs a different formation as well. Whether or not you think he's good enough to necessarily build a team around or, or try and fix that around him. I think that's a different question. I think, I, I, I mean, I imagine Leonard, Rowett said after the game, obviously, that eight of the team had COVID. Yeah, and suffering. Four yeah. or five of them played. Yeah. So I wonder if Leonard was one of them who just wasn't quite fit because for me, there's no reason he shouldn't be in the team. Um, after our two kind of resurgent performances, okay, Williams was in there. So, you know, he was okay during those games, played quite well. Um, but I think he was the big miss and, it's been a problem really all season. Um, some of the problems that we're still seeing dated back to even when Rowett took over. But this season, especially, our midfield has been a problem. Losing Jason Malumbi has has been yeah, a problem. It has hurt us, yes. And also just Billy Mitchell's injury as well, because I think Rowett maybe in the summer was planning on Mitchell kind of taking over that role. Obviously, yeah. he he'd ended the season quite well, like the, playing at wing-back against Charlton. Thought he was really good, had a few good games. But... That injury has left us short, and when you're short with such a small squad, if you're missing one or two players or you're you're weak in one or two areas, we're we're knackered, and um, you really saw that yesterday. Yeah, we looked we looked flaccid in the first half, for want of a better choice of words. Um, I mean, early chances for Coventry almost in five minutes had a free header. I, I also, I mean, it's Woods is an easy target, Ryan, and I, I think you know online he's he's very much the. Um, the uh, scapegoat of, of of choice at the moment, and and I can see why. Don't don't get me wrong, listeners. I, I can see the uh, the problems with Ryan Woods and Sean Williams midfield. Everyone watched that certainly uh, well, the first seventy minutes of a game yesterday. To be frank, would see the problem with that. But <clears throat> I want to flag up the defence as well because it looked very fragile yesterday, Ryan. I, you know, I know that um, there may be you know reasons behind certain players looking sluggish. COVID is a a mysterious thing with the best will in the world. It can leave its its um, echo, it seems, for some time after so-called recovery. Um, but if that's the case, and, and if players aren't 100%, then they shouldn't be playing. And, you know, I, I want to look at the manager because I think that there are question marks increasingly at the moment over, over this run of form. But the defence, yes, he looked very poor. I mean, we, you know, a free header inside the first five minutes when... We've just come back from a break. You know, you should be uh, the, the fit players should be refreshed, and yet they looked like they were knackered. It was it was um, an awful first half, in my opinion. Very sluggish, lacking in backbone, no on field leadership. These these are these are big questions, Ryan. Yeah, it's um, that that that's definitely the case. I think I, I tweeted it after the game, or, or even during it, that I think it was probably the, the worst first half from a Millwall side in, in a long time. Um, 
Yeah. We just lacked any sort of cohesion. There was nothing, <clears throat> there was no positive to take from it at all. Um, you know, even Bart, I think, only had the one save to make. And normally in a bad performance, you can pick him out. But really, with the goals, he had nothing that he could do. Um, the defence was suspect yesterday, I think, to say the, the least. I think Cooper, um, you know, I, I rate him really highly, but I don't know really what was wrong with him yesterday. He was really unlucky with the first goal, unlucky with the second, a bit lucky not to to turn the third one in. But he just looked all at sea. And, and Hutchinson was similar, really. He was all over the pitch. He he let players pass him way too easily. He Yeah, Murray Wallace really, said the same. Murray Wallace, I think... <clears throat> Um, I think, you know, I'm not really a fan. Oh, um, you're not a fan of him, right? I know. <laughs> showed the level that, that he's at sometimes. And, and <clears throat> I, I think yesterday was one of the, the the reasons that I don't really like Murray Wallace and the team. I think he is a decent player and is a good squad player. But if you start him at left back and if any other manager has any bit of nous about them, they just get a fast right winger and say, run past this man because you'll be able to run past him every single time you try, which he did. Yeah, um, he was at fault for the first goal. Um, was at fault for a couple of um, you know, a couple of the chances of Coventry, which I thought was poor. But he wasn't helped out by his teammates around him. I think you look at the first goal, Hutchinson's pass to him was poor. Wallace really quite messed. Romeo got a bit of stick for not getting back quick enough. But if you have the ball with your centre backs and you're looking to build it forward, he's not going to be expecting to have to recover and, and get some defensive shape back. But it was just all at sea, and it was it was so confusing. Like you said, I think Rowett after the game was saying that you know they haven't really been able to train as a team yeah. because of yeah. COVID restrictions. Obviously, Calmont Road's quite a small training ground, so they have it a bit harder than than other teams. He did the classic manager thing of I'm not making an excuse, but I'm going to bang on about this <laughs> for five minutes. But it's not an excuse. I'm just going to say how this is a big factor, but it's not an excuse. Um, which is, you know, you, you don't necessarily know what's going on behind the scenes. And it is obviously a tough season. He he highlighted Rotherham, I think, as um, a similar example. They they had an enforced COVID break. And then their next game, they were 2-0 down within 10, 15 minutes. Um, they just, the team just looked like they hadn't trained, which is weird. You know, you look at that back four. Yeah, maybe they haven't. Maybe they that, haven't. That, that back four have played together for three seasons now as yeah. pretty much the same back four. You think yeah. if anyone could kind of click back into gear, it would be them. So... I don't necessarily buy that cohesion as a... Uh, it's always an odd one, I think, that excuse, because, OK, I understand that players need to work together on, on the training pitch and play regularly, but, you know, they're professional football players and they've been playing together for a long time. And I think if they ever, you know, every summer they come back and they don't necessarily then forget exactly what it is they're doing. So it, it was a really odd one. I think, like you mentioned, well, with the run of form, I think one win in 13 or 14 now, yeah. you've really got to start asking questions to the manager, I think. I don't necessarily like other people, but, um, you know, I don't don't think he was shying away from it either as well, but he was definitely putting a lot of it on the players um, in his post-match. So, you know, January is going to be a very, very big month, I think. It's a crucial month. Um, I mean, I I don't, I've I've never wanted this podcast to be a destructive thing. And I don't like to... I'll go a long way before I start to criticise a manager and and that lead you on inevitably to, at some point, calling for a change at some point. I'm still not there yet, Ryan, but I do think these are question marks. And my my main question mark yesterday was, for whatever reason, we've come off of a COVID bout. No one truly knows the the effects of having this, this, this virus. I know that 
some people believe it to be a hoax, but <laughs> I think it's a real thing personally. Um, <laughs> and you know, so and we've gone two goals behind. Coventry are looking fast; they're moving the ball quickly. Um, they're exposing all of the flaws that um, we've just discussed here in, on, you know, in, in 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 the analysis. And yet we stay the same. We don't change it now. I don't get that. I said to my wife, who, as I always say each week, wasn't particularly responsive to this. But I said, "Well, why are we? Why are we sticking with this? You know, it's we were thirty-seven minutes. I think the um, the TV commentary, Carl Bates and Max, said, you know, uh, maybe time for a change inside the first half, which managers are notoriously reluctant to do. But if you're yeah. too if you're too good behind, I'm not marked saves. I'm, there's about four or five chances and saves that should have been goals in on another day. So we could have been three or four or five down if we, things really went badly for us. And you can see everyone's seeing what they're seeing, Ryan, and <coughs> it doesn't change it. That's the bit I don't get. That's is that stubbornness? Is that um, what is that? I, I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, I think. Um... I think you're real right that maybe a few cracks are starting to appear. I think we highlighted before that, you know, Callum Davidson leaving may have had a bit more of an impact. I think Rowett maybe is missing someone to challenge him a bit and to go yeah. against him. And yeah. I think you can probably track our form to when Callum Davidson left that that maybe has been happening. Um, I'm not sure if there's many people in the coaching staff that do challenge him. Maybe he doesn't have enough confidence in them or respect in them or, or maybe they just don't do it. I, you know, obviously, I don't. that's just speculation. I don't know. No. It's interesting that you say, obviously, about making change. I thought that, <clears throat> I know Max um, and Carl on, on the iFollow were saying, obviously, Mason Bennett wasn't tracking. No, he well. wasn't. No, he that, was, that's, that's he worth was mentioning in the context of Murray as well, Ryan. Yeah, but I think that, I, th I thought that was a bit of a, I think that's always a bit of a cop-out for why a defender is playing badly, because um, Mason Bennett not tracking back has nothing to do with Murray Wallace misplacing a pass or... No, no, no. Control a ball with the outside of his foot while three foot off the air. I don't, <laughs> I don't think the problems that Murray Wallace was having were because Mason Bennett wasn't standing next to him. But <laughs> I thought I, I was I wasn't surprised, but I thought pulling him off at half time was um not for I wouldn't say throwing him under the bus, but I think that was very much uh I'm gonna affect kind of scapegoat you as a, as making that change, make you know, very tactical reason anyway, but Making that change before half time, I think if you make a change before half time as a manager, what you're saying is I've got this terribly wrong. Yes. Um, yes. Whereas I think Rowett in his post match was very much the players didn't try hard enough was the was the main gist of what he was saying. So by changing it before then, I mean you, sometimes you can do that just to make a point, bring someone off and say, look, you've been awful. You're not you're not trying hard enough. Brings it off a character maybe strong enough to take it, but. I say take putting off a character who's strong enough to take it. I don't know necessarily who that is in the squad. I think at the moment it feels like we've got quite a lot of fragile personalities who don't wouldn't maybe respond to that criticism so well. So yes, yeah. it's that's hard. an so interesting point. When well, when the when the game goes on enough as well, and obviously we spoke about Ryan Leonard before, he didn't come on the pitch at all. So the only conclusion I can make from that is he's not fit because you assume that with the game going like it is stick Ryan Leonard on in midfield, maybe bring off one of the attackers and maybe that looks a bit defensive, but you're at least giving yourself a bit more chance in the midfield where the problems are. Or I thought the changes at halftime did work. I thought Malone coming on obviously shored up that right side or that left side. We didn't have any attacks down that side of the pitch for the rest of the game. Um, and Parrott and Enzo Hall when he came on were, were a lot better than what we had on the pitch. And I think it, it maybe is a small sign that if they've been fit more, 
we would be doing better. But obviously that, again, you don't know that for certain. But making the change at halftime worked. But then even then, Coventry hit the post in the first minute of the second half and it could have been 3-0. So it's fine margins at times. And I think Mill did get a foot in. And I think Rowett said after the game as well that when we got the one goal, we looked confident, started zipping it about a bit. And he's saying, why don't we do this at nil-nil? Because it happens a lot. We need a goal to get going. And our problem is we can't get that first goal. A lot of the games that we draw, that's our problem. But, you know, whether that's a confidence thing, whether that's a tactics thing, that that isn't really a good enough reason. You know, if it's every week and it's every, if it's the same problems every week and really same problems since last season, it's not a good enough reason to say we need to start doing that. You need to say how we're going to start doing that and, and find a solution to it rather than just plugging away with the same thing, really. Yes, I mean, lack of, we've mentioned repeatedly, lack of on-field leadership because that's that point about um, gaining confidence when you've scored. I mean, you need someone driving the team onwards and we don't seem to have that in, in the squad. We don't, um, the only person that remotely comes close to that is Alex Pierce, who wasn't even in the squad yesterday. And I, I, I think it has flaws as a, as a defender in any case for me, but he's as close as we've, as we've got for a leader on the field. Um, but we, you know, Leonard, we don't know how fit he was. We don't know how fit Ben Thompson was um, because there's another obvious, um, at least he brings enthusiasm. You know, there seems to be a debate on his on his quality in, in terms of um, at this level in, in midfield, Ben, but he would always bring you commitment and 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 uh, challenge and competitiveness. And that's that goes a long way on a day where that was those attributes were woefully lacking in the sign. I'd, unless Ben wasn't fit, in which case you keep coming back to the question of why are they sitting on the bench even? Um, you know, I, I, I don't understand because the, the space that Coventry were being given, Ryan, was, you know, at the freedom of Bermondsey, didn't they, to, to go go where they will. And the issue was not John Daddy, although you can talk about the, 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 the forward line. The issue wasn't really Mason Bennett, in all honesty, up front anyway. It was that midfield to defence area where Coventry seemed to be operating with, with impunity. Um, yeah. that wasn't addressed no it wasn't and I think one of the problems really is one we, we can't address it um, other than putting Ryan Leonard on who you know Thompson as well Thompson wouldn't have I don't think made a difference there because he he's not a midfielder in the box to box tackling sort of mould he's, he's not disciplined enough to do that he is very much a, a more forward thinking player so in that situation maybe if you, if you brought him off for say Woods or Williams we're probably going to be a little bit more exposed but also, if, if you want to just do it just to make a point, then maybe maybe he could do the job then. But I think it's the the lack of depth. I mean, we're effectively operating with, if you put Ben Thompson, say, more as a, an attacking midfielder, we're a championship side with supposed playoff ambitions operating with three centre midfielders in our squad. And uh, obviously, I know Billy Mitchell's injured, but yeah. I think you'd be hard-pushed to find another side in the championship that has three centre midfielders. Um it's just that's just not good enough. It was a, a problem during um, last season that we can't create chances, we can't break teams down, we don't really have enough depth, and we've got six six strikers on the books. Yes, none of whom can score, um, and <laughs> all, the only solution seems to be we can't score goals. Let's get another striker and hope they can score some goals, rather than we've got we can't score goals. Why can't we score goals? Oh, it's because we can't create a single chance. I think it's in that first half as well, even when we're not playing very well, 
no one can knock a ball over the top. No one can just put their foot on a ball and, and find a pass. So for me, it's the mid, the midfield needs, a, I think, an overhaul. And I think it's a, a bit of a relic of Neil Harris era. Um, he liked to operate with two quite basic midfielders who were just putting a bit of hard work. None of those were really good enough championship players. Look like like a ton of Cliff, maybe who's moved on. Um, you know, I guess countless others who are just kind of like workman like centre midfielders who just aren't really good enough for the championship. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Afton Or at least good enough for a side with higher ambitions in the championship. Maybe they're better at the, the lower end, but... We've never adjusted. We got rid of a lot of players, but we've not brought in the right sort of personnel, really. I think in January, really, we need another midfielder, whether that's a loan or a permanent. I know Raul Rowett kind of said um, he doesn't want too many loans, but and we need an attacking midfielder as well. We need someone who can create chances. For sure, yeah. You can play balls in behind. I, I always come back to it. How many times do you see Millwall players going through on a one-on-one? It just never happens. And we play deep. We sit back against teams. There should be space in behind, but... We don't have anyone. I think when Troy Parrott came on yesterday, <clears throat> he started to run him behind. Ryan Woods was able to find him with a nice ball over the top. Like you look at the penalty, Woods yeah. puts a ball behind. Um, Parrott's running onto it, wins the penalty. Well, That's- I was going to mention that 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 ball for me. Yeah. That, that, that uh, there's a debate online about Ryan Woods, and we, we we keep coming back to him because that ball in the forward position to find Troy Parrott, you've got you've got an intelligent ball forwards. It, it was a thing of beauty in a in a desert otherwise wasn't it yesterday uh, mm. and the run by Parrot to get through and find the space and then to be have the ball delivered to him was a moment of illumination for me because that's that is, is there a role for Ryan Woods further forwards this is a a thing that you read a lot on online I mean he sits deep currently and sprays these quarterback passes which go invariably nowhere but that was an incisive ball and that created a chance yeah. that got us a penalty that got us back into the game basically um, is that his role? Is that where he should be playing for you, Ron? Um, 
Not for, not for me. I think I think that that pass highlighted what he's in the team to do and why he needs players further forward, making smarter runs than we are for him to play those sort of passes from deep, maybe. But I think I think he's a bit. His stature is um, maybe not right for playing further forward. I think he would probably get caught on the ball a bit too much. I know he likes to yeah. take time on the ball and dictate it. What what I think what he needs really is three midfielders. He needs to play in a midfield three at the base of them. And then, you know, he has two players, one maybe pushing further forward and joining the attack and one there screening the the, the game, you know, um, making the tackles, doing a bit more of the defensive work. But obviously at the moment, if we did that, that means that would mean Williams, Leonard and Woods would have to play every single minute of every single game. And we don't have the players to do that with no options on the bench to change it. So it's just not possible. I think in the two... When we're on the front foot more, and and he, I think he's good at snuffing out counter attacks. I think when he's when a team's trying to break, you know, we've seen plenty of times where he's running back with this little shuffly run that he does, and he yeah. puts a, wins the ball back quite well. But when we're under the cosh a bit, I think he can go missing defensively, and he can't. He's not as mobile to retain the shape and and move it around. So he's deeper, but he needs a better. He needs the game in front of him, but at Millwall at the moment, he needs a better game in front of him and. It does raise the question where if you don't have that, can you play him? You know, are you just putting square pegs and round holes and just saying, I really like this player, I want him in the team. Yeah. But if it's not working and if it doesn't benefit the team, is that necessarily the best answer? Um, and I think that's what Rowett maybe has to ask himself. He has to either bring in the players that can allow him to play Woods how he wants him, or he has to be a bit more... Um, you know, a bit more, make a bit more of a choice when he uses them. Use them in a game where we might be on a bit more on top and have a bit more time on the ball. If we're going to be being pressed like we were against Coventry, or if we're going to be really under the cosh, maybe it's a game to leave him out. And I think that's that's where the management side of it comes in. You have to you have to know what's going to happen. Coventry came up from League One pressing teams hard, and okay, they they might not have the best squad in terms of quality, and they might not be having the best season. But you look at the table. They're now above us because they beat yeah, us. They looked effective yesterday. Well, you can't go into the game and think, well, it's just Coventry. You know, they they've been playing a style of football that is high intense, a bit like bit like Barnsley, I'd say, last year, where we were rubbish against them when we played them because they pressed us and they harried us all over the pitch because teams who are normally that low down the table have to try. And if they've got a manager that they believe in, like they do in Mark Robbins, they're gonna try and they're gonna give it all. So I think you've got to you've got to play the situation you're in. You can't say we should be a playoff team, so we're going to go into this game not having won a game at home all season or won one game at home all season, and we're going to expect to be on top. You have to play the play the team you're playing and uh, the situation that you're in. And I think Mill have been a bit a bit um, fallen foul a bit lately of of maybe thinking above their stature of where we are. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, one, one other glimmer of glimmer of lights was the return of Kenneth Zohor. Let's hope we can keep hold of him. Um, again, it's all wing and a prayer stuff like Troy Parrott is also on loan. So we have to see how that, that pans out over what is looking to be a crucial January transfer window, Ryan. Um, we've got this new recruitment bod that's come in, um, not related to Darcy Bussell, the ballerina. Uh, it's Harvey Bussell, that's his name. Um, he needs to start hitting the ground running, really, because we need... I think we need a refresh completely. It's certainly the midfield zone of the squad. Um, 
possibly some of the strikers. I don't know if John Daddy has a has a future. He he disappeared without trades yesterday after a couple of promising games. Um, Bradshaw looks um, willing, if nothing else. But it's a big month ahead. I think we do need to see some action if we're going to have any idea that we might yet retrieve something from the season. It's not totally out of the question if we can find some form. So a massive, a massive um, couple of weeks ahead for for the club, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think it's they need to start addressing some of the problems that have been there for a while. And um, like I said, that is the midfield mainly for me. Um, I don't think they're going to solve every problem in January. It's it's you don't, they don't want to overspend. They don't want to overstretch themselves. It's a bit like it's a bit reminiscent of maybe the. It's obviously not as desperate as that, but the Ian Holloway era of really struggling and then scrambling in January, massively overspending, bringing in a load of players and really suffering from it down the line. Um, you don't want to see that happen, but no. you just want to see some smart recruitment. I think Millwall's, Millwall's recruitment has been so hit and miss. And really, I think for the last couple of seasons, it's been poor. They've had a bit of bad fortune this year with Zahor and Parrot both getting injured, but it's hard to think of the last signing that we made who's been really impactful on the squad and who's really improved it. We always seem to be plugging holes and or adding a squad player rather than improving our our first eleven, and it's it's hard to do that. Obviously, especially in this culture or in this climate of football, now you have to spend to do that, mm. and Millwall can't necessarily do that. So you have to be smarter. But there are plenty of teams showing that you can be smart, recruit well, and and not spend um, you know spend the farm. But it's 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 a really big month. I, I wonder how much impact that this new head of recruitment is going to be able to have. Obviously, Rowett will have his own targets and. Will have discussed them with the scouting team, and I don't, I don't really see what a new head of recruitment coming in now is going to be able to do in two days' work to then line up some targets for January. Obviously, he may have had some in mind already, but it's it's not a long enough time. I think it, I was really surprised how long Millwall went without getting someone in. Um, it, yeah, it does it, seem a long time, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, I can't remember the exact time that Aldo left now, but it seemed like. Quite early on in the season, he he left quite shortly after the the start of the season, and obviously the club must have been trying to get someone in. Um, I can't I can't imagine they just sat back and went, oh, we'll, we'll deal with it when we have to, and they've just woken up and gone, oh, January transfer windows around the corner, we best we best get someone in to deal with recruitment. But it's it's an interesting one that's been left so long, and I I think Raul Raul said he's got the backing of the board in terms of spending a bit of cash, but. Um, whether or not that comes into fruition, we've had it, you know, throughout the summer, Jamal Lowe and and Kiefer Moore. We've had a number of players, even ones that you don't necessarily hear about, who we've got quite far down the line with, and then they'll go somewhere else instead of Millwall. Um, we can't pay as much. We don't have the best attractive club image, especially of late. So it's it's harder for us to sign players, I think. So yeah, when you're when you're looking at that and you're competing with other teams in the league who have a lot of money, the club. This is why why the club need to be so much smarter with their recruitment, really, because it's it's what's going to keep you in the division and it's what's going to propel you up the division. And if they consistently get it wrong, you look at, you know, any side where recruitment goes wrong for two, three or four windows and then all of a sudden you're you're getting relegated. You're, um, you're in a relegation struggle. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Just a couple of uh, quotes from posts on Twitter. Yeah. MFC Gav sums it up for me. I think Rowett, need, Rowett needs a good transfer window, better tactics and a good number two. Or it's goodbye at the end of the season. Um, I, you can't keep losing games of football, Ryan. And I think that you know no one wants to see another managerial change, but it will be looming on the horizon if this form continues. So it is a 
it's a good point about the transfer window. Um, one other point just to close us, and I'm going to close out with Harry and his assessment. Um, Mill halfway line says, one of Gary Rowett's strengths initially seemed to be that he could tactically manage a game much more effectively than Neil Harris. But this at the moment seems to be a skill that's deserted him. And I think that probably comes back to the substitutions and the, and the, and the choices that he, he made yesterday. So um, big January ahead. I want to say thank you to Ryan for breaking his Sunday morning regime to come on to Zoom and talk to me. Um, we're going to close the show now with Harry and his views on yesterday's performance. Thank you, Ryan. Um, talk again very soon, mate. Yeah, not a problem, Nick. Thank you. Uh, thanks for your time. If you're enjoying Afton Mill podcast, then why not help us grow the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? We'd love it. Love it. If you visit the Apple link in the show notes and leave us a rating and a review. Afton Mill is the number one podcast broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey. No show sponsors, no Patreon, and no TikTok accounts. Thank you, dear listeners, and as always... Well, it's 5.15 on Saturday the 2nd of January 2021, a year, a brand new year that should, in all normal circumstances, be a relief and release after the horrors of 2020. But I've just watched the Millwall Horror Show, ladies and gentlemen, a first half that reminds me of the darkest times under the clown formerly known as Ian Holloway. And that was as bad as anything served up at home since the clown. That's probably on par for me, that first half performance and large, large amounts of the second half performance to the Fulham game last season where we were outclassed and at fault both mentally and physically by a better side. Now, Coventry, worryingly, have just come up from League One. Fulham went on to the Premier League. Um, and our midfield two were abysmal in the first half. Gary Rowett again went back to Ryan Woods. And I'm going to kind of let Williams off a little bit because Williams can't run. Williams has never been able to run. In his entire Millwall career, he's never been able to run. He's too slow. But you let it off for his passing ability. That's what you have to accept. But that means you have to put a runner in next to him, which we've always done, whether it be Abdu, Malumbi, Thompson, Leonard. There's always been someone next to him. But we've chosen to put this ginger pygmy who seemingly wants to do everything but tackle people, who today was constantly bullied, off the ball, lost the ball all the time, an absolute abject performance from Ryan Woods, who was at fault for giving away the free kick for the second goal for Coventry, was at fault for giving away two chances that nearly led to goals. Both were saved. Well, his blushes were saved uh, by Bart Pilikowski making two great saves. I think one in the first half, one in the second late on when it was 2-1, which would have rounded the game off nicely for Coventry. We change formation again. We change formation to a 4-4-2. At half-time, we're 2-0 down. We see, everyone sees from Twitter. You only have to go on Twitter for 30 seconds. We all see that we were getting outrun in the middle. It's not hard. We, we've all watched enough games of football to understand 
when you're losing a midfield battle. And Millwall are built on defence and midfield still and guile. And this side does not have that under Gary Rowett. I said on the last show that I was 75% sure that I wanted him to go. I think I'm up to 85% sure that I want him to go now. The caveat to that is that I don't think we can afford to get rid of him, which is a worry. I don't see the, I, I haven't seen any improvements. His form is shocking. One win in 11 games. The home form is terrible. The fact that we're not there is saving him massively, 110%, as we discussed last week. The abuse they would have been getting at half-time would have been biblical, and rightly so. I'm not trying to make Ryan Woods the boo boy, but Ryan Woods and Williams should have been dragged off at half-time. He drags off Bob Vast and Bennett. Okay, they weren't doing their thing. Brings Parrot on. Brings Sahor on. They make impact. They score. But we could have conceded three or four more in the second half. They hit the post very early on in the second half. They had one magnificent save with his leg from Bart after Woods that I've already mentioned, gave the ball away in a dangerous area. And also there was another one where they had a shot inside the area blocked by Cooper inside the six-yard box. Murray Wallace has also got sent off, which you could have seen a mile coming from a mile off. Um I don't know what Ferguson has to do. Maybe, uh, I have no idea. Maybe he needs to ask what Ryan Woods is holding over Gary Rowett to get in the side because he must be holding something um, largely incriminating that he's got him got on him because otherwise he shouldn't be anywhere near that side for a while. Um, the, the, you know, we can, we can go into the fine points of the game, but we were outfought and outplayed. We were tactically beaten by Mark Robbins' side. From Coventry, going back to Millwall, what do we do going forward? I'm really worried about this 2021, um, end of the 2021 season, because if you look at it now, what do we do? There were so many things wrong with that performance. What can you do? What can you say? The manager seemingly doesn't know his best side, doesn't know his best formation, doesn't know how to get a win. Doesn't make great subs. Tyler Bury gets given five minutes at the end, which I think is doing more damage to a boy than good. And really, we look bereft of ideas. We look destined for League One. And I am worried because our chairman, for all of these good points, and there are many good things about Je um, John Berylson. You know, he's loyalty to the club, the fans, to keep putting his money in. But that also comes with the caveat that he's very loyal to his managers. And I can't see Millwall sacking Gary Rowett before it is too late. And it will be too late because we are a club that never really sacks managers like other clubs sack managers at Christmas or New Year. Would a defeat next week in the Cup against Boreham would be enough to get him sacked? I don't think it would be, but I think it would go a long way towards helping that a a, a defeat in the FA Cup to a minnow. Um, which I can see happening possibly, um, would be not enough, but I think it would help the online vitriol which has started today and people are slowly starting to turn on row. It's negative football and the lack of results. You can deal with negative football if it is getting you results, but that stopped a long time ago. That stopped with his assistant manager leaving and Gary Rowett maybe wasn't the manager we thought he was, Maybe it was his number two was really pulling the strings. A bit like 
Clough and Taylor. I don't think Gary Rowe, it's been the same since. I think his last name is Donaldson. Left. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a cheeky little review. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Till next time. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.